0: to be-
1: the end?
2: And welcome, everybody. So glad to see your faces here at church today. Um, Let's look around us and see those who are out and absent, and let's remember to pray for them. Also, to let you know that Pastor Andy is out sick this morning, so let's pray for him. Um, If you can, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll go into worship. And we have a guest speaker this morning, Brother Kevin Rickles, will be bringing the word to us this morning. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning, Lord God Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together in your house today, Lord God Jesus. I ask that you touch Pastor Andy right now, Lord God Jesus. You see what's going on in his body. And Lord God, I just ask you to bring healing to him. Lord God Jesus see the others that are out this morning and not able to be here, I ask that you reach out to them, touch them, and heal them, Lord God, Jesus, bless our service, let it touch those that need it today, and bless our speaker, and in your holy and righteous name we pray, amen. Stand and worship with us this morning as we sing, I never shall forget the day. speaker this morning brother Kevin Rickles.
3: Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus is all we need guys. Amen. I'll tell you I was sitting there and took me back to a moment many years ago 2010 and I was sitting on a little roadside with a little group we'd gone overseas to build a church and house, and we'd drilled a well that year. And and I'm telling you, I'm sitting on a little man-made bench, and I'm sitting there, and they're buying all this material, and I'm looking at all these big, massive speakers, because right across the road was a mass for the Islam. And every so often, they'd start singing and crying out their prayers. And I'm telling you, just like this. I heard the Holy Spirit almost like he chuckled. He says, you know, if you just whisper my name. There's more power in my name than any loudspeaker in this place. And I never will forget, I said, just Jesus. And it's like he just showed me how the demons would tremble and run. And I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say... What an honor it is, you know, I, I, uh, I grew up near this most of my life, about I guess four miles from here, and I used to walk here as a little child, going down to see my friends, and so some of your faces, I remember from back then, that's been a long time, so thank God for what he's doing here, and what an honor it is to be here. I know, if you, you know your pastor, something's got to be very seriously wrong if he's not up here delivering. But by saying that, I also want to say thank you. I know sometimes when you've got someone that sews into you, and it's hard to loan him out every now and then, but he, is, he has come, and he's helped me, and he's helped our church, and he's helped so many churches in this area. And you may just hear little testimonies, but I'm telling you, I'm a witness to know that he does it free-hearted. He don't come wanting nothing. And he wants the kingdom to grow. And thank you guys for loaning him out. Uh, he's got our, our, our place. I mean, he's taught us so much. And I just thank you. And I know it's just as much as uh, Pastor Carrie's just as involved with that. She's his soulmate. They're one, you know. They're not, like, separate. They're one. So she's in prayer and a part of that. So thank you. And what an honor it is to be here today, and what a privilege it is to share the Lord's Word. You know, how many, we could all raise our hand, you really don't feel worthy to share the Word of the Lord, but God, through His sacrificial Son, told us to go share the Word, preach the Gospel. And sometimes the enemy may want to try to come and discourage you, but you've got to remind him who your Father is, and what He's done, and we are nothing without Him. And we do all things through him in Jesus' name. And I just want to thank you again for this opportunity. And I know God's going to have his hand. He's going to restore Pastor Andy. And he's going to be stronger, fitter, and more wise and more anointed than before. I'm believing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just want to lift you up today. There is no name above your name. And Lord, may we be so thirsty, just like we sang about a deer that pants for the water. May we be more thirsty for more of you. Lord, may we hunger for you. May we seek you like we've never sought you before. And God, we just thank you that your presence is here. Thank you that your glory is here. We thank you, God, that you're going to do a mighty thing. And Lord, I thank you that history will be rewritten today in lives that they'll leave changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said amen. Thank you, Lord. I, uh, I wanted to share with you guys, how many know that we're living in some difficult times? T- times are different. Now, it's hard to believe that sometimes as difficult difficult as our lives may seem, there's always someone that seems that's going to have it far worse than we have, but even, but even then we have it, we have it hard. And I think the hardest thing that I have seen in the last I don't know five years, it just seems like there's a slow falling away. I don't know if it's a falling asleep, but powerful men and women of God, children of God that you used to see them out in the highways, and the byways, you'd see them at church every Sunday, you'd see them down at the altar weeping for their family. It's like they just are no longer there. It's like Satan has just took and put them in a slumber. But I'm telling you, he has us here for a reason. Because the world is perishing. If you don't know it, the world is perishing. And he's placed you here, as a pilgrim, you know, you're a missionary for this town, for this city, for this area. And we're just passing through. This isn't supposed to be our home. And we can, we can, uh, we can enjoy the kingdom and the glory of God on earth. But there's something far greater coming. Amen. I wanted to share with you this morning about seeking... Preparing for the glory of God. God, prepare us for your glory. And, you know, I, as I was studying this, the first thing I began to realize, man, when the glory of God comes, lives are changed. How many have some loved ones? How many have some things in your life that you need God to change? And, you know, I don't want to just be the one that was just healed like, the, like those leopards that the, had the leprosy at the gate. And they all went to run their way after God had healed them. But one turned back and said, thank you for healing me. And you know what the Lord says? Because of your faithfulness and thankfulness, be made whole. So God, in his glory, I believe, is making some people whole today. Amen. I want to start by reading in Matthew uh, the chapter 13, verse 44. Let's see what the word of God tells us. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and he hid. And for joy over it, he goes and he sells all he has to go buy that field. I'm telling you, the treasure of God's, I think we have we have forgotten how important it is to our lives. Jesus tells us of a parable of the man that found the treasure and he compares it to the word of God. It's so valuable that the man goes and he kind of hides it. And he goes and sells everything he has to buy that field. It's time that we begin to prepare ourselves, prepare our homes for the glory of God. And it doesn't have to be just here, but it can be wherever you are. And I would—I I, I don't know if anybody knows uh, A. John Wesley. He, he writes his commentary. And sometimes I, when I, when I'm studying sometimes the men and women I mean men and women of God who have studied the word sometimes they have a nugget to add and he he puts in here to those who receive the gospel the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in the field the kingdom of God within us is a treasure indeed the God is in us and But a treasure hid from the world and from the most wise and prudent in it. He that finds this treasure, perhaps when he has thought far from him or gone far from him, hides it deep in his heart and gives up all happiness for it. Let me tell you, there is something about what we carry within us, the God's present when you've accepted Christ abides in here and how I asked my question how can we how can they how can we prepare I I, I felt the Lord ask me this question how can they prepare for my glory when they don't even know the fullness of my glory and I'm, I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord as we get into this, that he's going to begin to reveal to you his power and his glory. I know we hear, we talk about it, but it's tangible. And you can, you can abide in it. And I'm telling you, His, your whole lives will change. And we can find in Exodus 40, and I'm not going to read this, but I'm going to paraphrase verses 17 through 38. Moses has set up the tabernacle just like God had commanded. And another commentary by F.B. Myers, he writes this, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifices, all was finished. He's putting this in his his words, his, his thoughts of that day, studying their culture and what, all we had, what you would read in this chapter. Moses had placed the table on the right and the candlestick on the left of the holy place. Moses is carrying out priestly his, his duties in the tabernacle with the children of Israel when they had just got to their place had set the incense altar near the veil, had washed in the laver, and he had anointed it in all of its vessels. This is Moses. The ark had been hidden behind the veil, and Aaron invested in his robes. Then the congregation deeply moved, retired to their tents, and night settled on the mountains. Can you imagine being in that valley and you've gone to the... Moses is prepared, and God's about to do something in their lives, and he's gone through everything God's told him to do, set the tabernacle up, how He had asked him to do it, and the congregation were deeply moved and had gone back to their tents, and Moses also retired from the retired from the scene, full of thankfulness. He was so thankful for what God was doing, but they had hardly left the structure, when the cloud that had guided their march settled upon it. And the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory shone within the temple itself. Moses immediately hastened and ran back and found the presence of God so manifested in possession that he dared not enter. I'm telling you, there is an awe of being in God's presence. And his presence is with us. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ, accepted in him, he lives in us. And you may not could see this with your natural eye, but there is a glory that goes with you. That the enemy try, wants, to, wants to convince us that we, we're nothing. But we're not of this world. We are new creations of God himself. He has put a... A banner before you. And I'm telling you, we could change this area. This is the same glory that caused Moses to radiate, perhaps even glow when he come off of of Mount Sinai. And we can read that, Exodus 34, verse 29. Moses has gone up. And it tells us, now when it was so, when Moses came down from the mountain, Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him and them. I'm telling you, I'm I'm asking the Lord... For his glory to radiate over you so much. There are so many people hurting guys. So many people so bound by drugs and addiction. And you you know those who's gone in and out of rehabs, and it's the devil wants to tell you, you know, there's, there's just no hope for them. But the Bible tells me that God can change the worst of the worst. And sometimes we maybe we're just not interceding deep enough and hard enough and standing there pleading over their lives, holding, we may be the only, you may be the only source in your family that's holding the darkness from consuming your family 100%. You matter to God. And there's a power within each and every one of us that the enemy cannot stand against it. We look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 6. How many don't mind reading the Word? I'm going to read the Word a little bit. I can tell you a lot, but the Word will change lives. It tells us, verses 19 and 20, exactly what I've been sharing with you. It says, do you not know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Guys, we're not our, our own no more. We belong to the Lord. Now, we, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to have so many things going on around us that we forget that we're really not our own and we should be asking God every day, every moment, God, why am I here? Why am I working in this place? I keep telling you to get me out of it. Why am I broke down or why am I over here? Begin to stop and ask the Lord. Lord, why am I here? Because... He has a plan and a purpose for you, and He has you right where He needs you. But we've got to begin to put Him first and allow Him to work through us so lives can be changed. We've got to become kingdom-minded. Amen. I, I know that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, everything changes. Everything changes. But I want to go... I want to go and look a little further about the power and the anointing when God's presence is there. And I look back at King David. King David, he was king over all Israel and also found himself as a witness to the full magnitude of God's Shekinah glory. And he was ushering the ark into a another land and it tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and I'm just going to share this where they are in the middle of bringing the ark of the covenant back to the children of Israel when all of a sudden it hit a bump in the road now they had put this ark of the covenant on a cart and it was being pulled and when it hit this bump here were these priestly men who followed the word, the order of God, but they had been told, don't touch the Ark of the Covenant. And when it stumbled and it shook, how many sometimes feel like we just got to help God out a little bit? You know, sometimes things get shaky and we better just help him out. Well, he just reached up to steady the Ark, one of the priests. And the Word says that he was struck dead instantly. And, you know, I, I began to think about that. But, do you know, during that time, the sacrifice of blood of a bull, the blood of a goat, the blood of a dove didn't cover our sins to the point where you could walk into the presence of God. At that time, God did not dwell inside man. He was His presence was in this ark. And it was so powerful that sin could not be at its presence, or touch it. So it struck this man, and it made David so upset. He, he, he didn't really know what he needed to do, so he decided, let's, let's take it to the next place that we can find till I can get my thoughts together. I'm like, this really shook David up. You know, he thought he was doing what was right. And it tells us right here in 2 Samuel chapter 6, This is powerful right here, guys. This is what the glory of God can do in your life and your family's life. It tells us, so David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside to a house of Obed-Edom, a a get Now, I want to stop right there a minute. God had a man, maybe nobody really thinks about Obed, Edom. But for God to allow his presence to go in this man's house tells me that he knew God. His house was prepared. He worshipped and served God because he, the Ark of the Covenant would stay at his house for three months. It says the Ark of the the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Now, when God's presence comes into your home and you allow Him to dwell in your home, you're not just going to get goosebumps. You're not just going to be blessed with a little word. Your whole atmosphere is going to change. There's going to be a glory. The angels will begin to gather over your home. You know, As we begin to worship and an incense enters the heaven, the angels are going to abide over your home. And lives are going to begin to change. Neighbors, it will change your whole atmosphere. But why are we not seeking God's glory to this magnitude? It's It's really a simple thing. It's really just setting our lives aside and seeking God. Then you will really begin to live. We will begin to live when we place God first in everything. You know, it goes back to what I just shared with you. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. Jesus is the one who paid that price. And the Bible even speaks that the blood of animals was a stench to the Lord. But it was all, it was all part of the plan until he could send his son because God longs to have fellowship with you and I. He wants us to come and meet with Him and talk with Him. But so many of us have hidden out. And we've hidden because of our sin. We, we feel like we're unworthy to be in His presence. I'm going to tell you, we really are unworthy on our own. But because we go under the shadow of the Almighty, we are worthy because He doesn't see us, but He sees His Son. And when He sees His Son, we are set free indeed. Amen. I never, you know... I often thought of what it would be like when you hear about God going into the Garden of Eden of the cool of the morning and he would walk and talk with Adam. And Man, what an experience that was. But then we know the story. I shared this the other day. I don't know, this just kind of went off like a light bulb. Think of all the animals Adam had to name. It says Adam named all the animals beasts of the field and the fowl of the air. And God realized Adam needed a helpmate because here come all these pairs and they'd all go off frolicking and they had someone of their kind and someone of their species and God saw that he needed and he created woman out of man to, so that he would have a helpmate. And then and both of them in their fall, at that moment, you know, sin separated us from God. But it was amazing how God returned back to the garden. But they were not to be found. How many of us have sinned and fallen short and the enemy says, well, you might as well not go back to church. You might as well not go to your prayer closet. you you filthy. You know what you've done wrong. But let me tell you, friends, this is where we need to be. We need to be running to our prayer closet. By King David and say, Lord... Be quick to ask for forgiveness. Be quick to repent. And God will raise you up and you'll just continue your course. But God come, Adam, Eve, where are you? I can just hear God coming in the halls of your home. Hey, where are you? I'm here. Where did you go? God wants to fellowship with us. And in his fellowship, I'm telling you, when his glory comes, our lives will be changed. Amen. So, going back to David, here's David trying to carry the ark. They've got it on a cart, and I don't, I don't know if. They wouldn't mind, but I need like four men up here. Y'all want a demonstration? Let me show you how to usher in the glory of God. Four men. I'm not going to have you talk. Just come up here, four guys. I'm going to come back here and grab them. Young men, old men, children. Y'all didn't know what y'all were in for, did you? Hey, we're all family. We're going to spend eternity together around the throne. Standing there and worshiping God, I want you—you you just to stand here and you—you you stand in front of him, you stand beside him, and you stand in front of him. Here, we're gonna take a third one right here, a fifth one. Now, David said, "How we're gonna get this Ark of the Covenant back?" But instead of it being placed on a cart, we're gonna put it on the shoulders of our priests. So this morning, you know, you guys can usher and carry in the glory of God. But you know what David did? He worshiped before God. Let me tell you, when y'all are in songs, it's something to worship God, to give Him your glory. Because the angels are seeking those who's going to worship in spirit and truth. And I'm telling you, that's how the glory of God, the Ark of the Covenant, was on the shoulders of men in worship. and worship. And it and sacrifice and worship and the the ark of the covenant made it you may sit down you didn't know was going to be a priest carrying the ark this morning did you i just wanted you to get that visual but now i can't i can't dance like david i'm telling you maybe i should try maybe i should try because there was something about his worship he didn't do it for nobody but the lord He did it so hard that his own wife was embarrassed over it. But guess who came to town? The glory of God. Is it time that the glory of God come into your homes? It's time that we begin to worship God in a way that you've never worshipped Him before. Amen. But you know, this all starts as an individual basis. What do we watch? What do we listen to? Where do we spend our time? You know, recently I heard, I read a story of a young man, true story. I don't know this person. I just read this, but it just really spoke to me. It was about a 20-year-old son that had been raised in a home with all these rules and regulations. And man, he rebelled. He went so far into sin. He got so deep into sin. And he was there. And God reawakened him, saved him out of it, and he went back home. And he was there for three or four weeks, and his siblings come up to him and says, Now, we need to ask you a question. Now, you know, Mom and Dad have got all these rules and regulations. And what are you doing here? And he says, you know, let me tell you something. Back before, when I was in rebellion, those were rules and regulations. But the young man says, now, they're the very things that are saving my life. And says, you know what, the more I got to know the Lord, the more I realized that mom's and dad's rules and regulations were out of the word of God. And it was God's rules and regulations to better my life. And so we need to begin to not fight against, especially the youth here, don't fight against the things that your mom and dad are saying that, you you know, stay away from this and stay away from that because they know what's best for you. They've probably lived it, done it, and they're like, you don't want to go down this road. And don't think that our Creator, He knows us, He knows what makes us, thrive he knows what makes us happy he knows what makes us healthy and when he tells when he quietly speaks to you and says you need to lay this down or you need to quit watching this it's not because he's some judgmental father being mean it's because he knows what's going to cause you to live he knows what's going to cause you to thrive and not die and he also knows that's what's going to begin to prepare your heart and your home for the, His glory, and it's going to change your family and your family's children and your children's children. And I think it's, it's, that's not much to give up when we see our families being saved. Amen. Don't start stop thinking or start thinking that they've gone too far. I'll never forget I, I was part of a, a, uh, an outreach ministry one time. And uh, one of them, we would go to juvenile facilities, we would go to jails. What a powerful time. But I wanted to go deeper, and I wanted to go into some prison ministry. And and, And so before we ever started this course, the gentleman looked at us, and he says, I need to ask you this one question. When you pull up to the meanest and baddest prison there is, do you think they can be changed? And if you don't think they can be changed, you're in the wrong place. You have no business going into these prisons. Because some of the meanest and cruelest and foulest people, when the God gets in their lives, and truly gets in their lives, He can make something new that is broken. Amen. So we want to, we want to experience the Shekinah glory. We've got to repent and turn away from our sinful ways. We've got to start making sure that we're, we're looking at the right thing. We're, we're focused on the right thing. You know, I, I, I know this might be a little humorous here, but I, had this, I was in prayer and I had this vision of all these people. They were in the marketplace. They was in, the, they was in their restaurants. They were at home sitting around the TV. And all this stuff was going on around them, but they were just like at a stare. Now, God's got a sense of humor because I had watched The Bugs Life, a cartoon, many years ago. And on the back porch was a bug zapper. And all of a sudden, the two little bugs, one of his friends, start staring at this light. And he's flying to the light, and his little friend said, Harry, no, don't look to the light. Harry, no, and it He was fried And all of a sudden, you know, the Lord Reminded me that in Corinthians eleven fourteen, It says, and no wonder for Satan Himself transforms himself Into an angel of light So we got to be careful what we're lo- What light are you looking at What are you Focusing on, what are you studying more Than the word of God, what are you doing More than praying and seeking the Lord What are you doing more than being out among doing the, the Father's will, preaching the gospel, building the kingdom. Are we staring at the, 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 the wrong light that's going to zap one day? And boy, that really spoke to me. And I'm like, it's easy. I can get so def- out of focus. And it's only through the power and the help of the Holy Spirit can we refocus. And that's why it's so important to study and follow the Word of God. And let me let me I wanted to share just a couple of testimonies, things that I've you may have heard these before, but I don't know, they're just so profound, and I don't share them enough. I don't share them as often as I should. But I the first time I really saw where the glory of God would change in a whole area was overseas where there was so much darkness. It was in East Africa. Place called Songolam Landizi. And we had gone over there one year, my wife and I, and we were preparing to build a, a church and some stuff on this home, on this place. It was the same year that God told me, if you'll just whisper my name, this was in 2011. There was a, I didn't know this, they wouldn't tell me, but there was a local witch doctor. They don't think that the power of darkness is there, but greater is the greater, the power of light. But in a dark area where there is no Christ, no, no one pray, no Christianity, and the Mason Jews, God called them to this area, and we were just able to be a part of watching God do something new in an area that had never had Christianity. This witch doctor, as we would be in town, Pastor Jeffrey would get a call. It would be in Swahili. And at first he wouldn't tell me anything. And finally he laughed. He says, you know, Brother Kevin, they are, the devil is mad because we're building a church on this land that's never had a church. And they practice witchcraft. They practice magic. And this local witch doctor has been going over there and sacrificing a chicken. And it has caused my men that have just begun to follow Christ. They had been living in, but they have decided God saved them, and now they want to be uh, soldiers of the Christ, so they're preparing the property, they're preparing to build. And they would see this take place, and they would run out of fear. And he's like, I laughed. He says, you know, I told them, if they see this next time, take the chicken and go cook it and eat it. Because it has no power. Because the greater is he with you than he is within this man. And this man becomes such a, 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 a problem. It was during a time that my, my mother was passing, and I, I wasn't as focused during a few months over there, and I didn't know all this was happening. But the, the glory of God began to come to this little group of... Uh, people, the Masanjus in his, his uh, church, and they would meet on a Friday night, and they would start at midnight, and they would pray all the way to the next morning. They would pray 24 hours, nonstop. He said, sometimes one might sleep, the other would keep praying. And they were praying for change in this area, change. And all of a sudden, the Lord told them, he showed Pastor Masanjus, he says, I want you to do this. And I had no clue this had happened till we arrived back in 2012, And he handed me a video and some pictures. And my daughter had gone back with me. She was 16 at the time. And we were sitting there dedicating the school that we had built. And all of a sudden, I thought I heard someone screaming. But what I didn't realize, there was a lady standing there holding two live chickens and a man. And I didn't recognize them. But Brother Jeffrey starts tearing up. He says, brother kevin you i'll tell you the story when this is finished and here comes a man and he stands before me and he's crying and he asked for my daughter to come up front and he now you got a picture this guys he hands her these two live chickens she don't know what to do she's never held a chicken in her life these things are screaming well anyway they come and get them from her and he begins to just talk and and so when it was done pastor jeffrey says Brother Kevin, that was the witch doctor and his wife. He said, what God showed us to do as a church is we were going to host a city, a a, a village or citywide soccer event. There were about 15 of them. But he, so he went into uh, the city of Tanzania and he found this little thing like a trophy and he wrote the name Bama on it. And he called it the Bama Cup because God's blessings had flowed from Alabama into Tanzania. So he called it the Bama Cup. And then they got together with all the little they had and bought uh, a, a little jersey for a team. And that was going they would win the jersey, whoever won. And let me tell you, there was about 12 teams show up from all over the region with buses. This is a long dirt road in the middle of nowhere, and it's on our, the center that we've got. And God had showed him this vision to do this. And all these men, and you see some of the, the uh, security watching, and all these kids are getting ready to play soccer. But they had bought this little necklace like a medallion, and he says, I want you to go to the witch doctor, because what you don't realize, a witch doctor doesn't dress no different than the locals. Sometimes he dressed better. And he's ve- held at a high esteem because of, Supposedly they can carry their children and he can pray over them. and maybe He he, he was well known in the community but very respected and feared. And God had asked this man to announce the winner. And he said, okay, Lord. But they started praying six weeks ahead and anointing this necklace and says when he announces the winner, I want you to put this necklace on him and thank him. Now how many know that when you begin to pray over something and anoint it with the oil which represents the spirit of God and when the spirit of God is overshadowed something the enemy can't stand amen well earlier that season his daughter had come in the church it's other story she got saved and she was kicked out she was beaten she was set away from the family because she accepted Christ and she had already become part of the church And he hated the church. But when they put that necklace in front of all these people, he just said a few words and they put it. He hands the mic and runs off the field. It's on video. And the very next Sunday, he comes running in the church with his little bag of credentials and throws them at the altar and says, I don't know what's happened. But whatever you've done and whatever you put around my neck, he says, I've seen something I've never seen in my life and I've felt something I've never felt in my life and I want to know this God right here. And he renounces his religion. He renounces the thing. And let me tell you, God, God goes to raise this man up and he's the first in the village to ever have a car. He increases his business. He gets voted as being on the, the government of Tanzania as a high uh, judge. He goes from being a witch doctor of nothing to a high judge in Tanzania. And that's what God to do in your life when the glory comes. So what he was doing is he was wanting to thank me and my wife for loving his daughter. And for the church loving his daughter. And he wanted to give my daughter an offering, a gift, and saying, Thank you for loving my family. Thank you for changing my family. And today his name is Gideon, and he's still one of the elders of the church. So I'm telling you guys, the power of the Lord is real, and so is darkness. And one day we're going to stand before the God, before the God, our Creator, and He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And I want to be in the line with the sheep. When he looks at me, Brother David, he says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't want to be the one that says, I never knew you, but God, I was at church every Sunday. I even prayed for the sick. I don't know you. Because, see, we can go through all these little acts, but never really know God the way he wants to know you. So I'm encouraging you today, and I come with this word today, and I, we, I didn't have this plan, but this is what God put on my heart, to share that with you and to encourage you to seek him more. And to prepare your home for His presence. Because it's only through His presence we're going to make it. It's, it's through fellowship and loving one another and sharing your testimonies that we're going to make it. Don't let this world beat you down. Don't listen to the news and think it's, whoa, me. I'm telling you, we're not of this world. You will, If you're in Christ, you're never going to die. Never, ever going to die. You're just going to step into glory And get right back busy getting ready for those who are coming behind you. Amen. I'm looking forward to the day. I I pray I go in in the rapture. But hey, if he calls me before then, I just want to know that I've done what he's called me to do. Amen. And I, I, I pray that we can reach as many as we can reach. The lost are hurting. And you have an answer that the psychiatrists don't have. You have an answer that the doctors don't have. His name is Jesus Christ, and it's the glory of God. And you know what? He's right here. And if you don't really get to know your Father like you should know Him, you're missing out on a whole lot. Because I'm telling you, I'm longing for the day that we walk by and our shadows heal the sick. Amen. And it can be that way, but it's up to you and I. How thirsty are you for more, God? Amen. May you stand. Amen. Uh, if, if you're here today And you want to know You want to be closer to the Lord can, Do you have some people that can pray That work the altars? If you don't mind While we're here today I just feel like That if you're really serious And there's something that maybe I said That a light bulb went off And you just want the help of the Lord you need the help of God, and you, your desire is to do more. Because let me tell you, when I come back to the God way, well, I didn't think I'd ever be used. I didn't think He would ever be able to do something with me. But man, when God really began to show me His forgiveness and His love, and then show me His mercy, He took me places that I could have never planned to go. I could be here all day, share with you stories that would just open up your eyes to like, wow God is incredible but the same God there is here but we've got to shine even brighter because over there it's just dark and light and day but over here there's so many distractions but God's here today for you and if you want to be that person there's some people here that can pray with you and it's just an act of saying God I want more of you and Lord I know there's something that you want to do in my life And uh, Pastor Kevin shared something with me, and if you can do it for that person, you can do it for me. And if you want that, if that's you, I just ask that you come forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We worship you. There's no God besides you. You hold the seas and its boundaries. Your word says that you've named the stars. And it says you even knew us why we were in our mother's room before you named us God you've chosen us to be in a time such as this Lord those who's gone before us as our forefathers that we read about says they long to be in these days because you don't dwell in a box or an ark of, but you dwell in us and I thank you right now God that greater is he that you are in me than he that's in the world is there anybody that needs Prayer this morning before we want to turn it over to Pastor Katie.
2: Thank you so much, Brother Kevin Rickles, for that word. So anointed, thank you. We do have someone for some prayer this morning.